Happy New Year. For me, a new calendar year is like a blank slate. Personally, I'm optimistic about what's ahead. I'm also big on goals, on looking back, assessing, and then looking forward with purpose and with focus. Based on all the research and the reading and the coaching that I've done over the past year, I decided that the area where I personally want to focus this year is self-awareness, and I encourage you to do the same. After I challenged myself to come up with one meta-level communication goal for myself in 2024, I decided to create an episode where I share with you exactly how I'm thinking about that goal and how I'm going to make it happen. Again, my hope is that this will inspire you to do the same. Here's the thing. Most of us think we're self-aware, but research indicates that only 10 to 15% of us are technically considered highly self-aware. Way back in Talk About Talk episode 121, I shared a story about Ashley, a high-potential senior executive that I was coaching. After coaching Ashley for several weeks, she told me that she was very excited because she had a moment, like an awakening, in the middle of one of her team meetings when she suddenly became aware of her thoughts and her body language and of how others were perceiving her. Basically, she suddenly became aware of her own awareness. This made me very happy but I was also shocked, frankly, that she hadn't consciously experienced that before. It was like an awakening that unlocked her communication effectiveness. So since then, I've been thinking and reading a lot about self-awareness. For me, self-awareness belongs right up there with adopting a growth mindset in terms of the most important things that we can focus on to improve our communication and our performance and our life. Yeah, it's that big. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk episode 148, where I'm going to share with you my communication goal for 2024 and how I'm going to achieve it. Spoiler alert, this is all about self-awareness. First though, let me briefly introduce myself. My name is Dr. Andrea Wojnicki, and I'm your executive communication coach. Please call me Andrea. I'm the founder of Talk About Talk, where I coach communication skills to ambitious executives like you, so I can help you elevate your communication, your confidence, and your clarity, so you'll get noticed and your career will soar. That's my goal here. I want to help you accelerate your career trajectory. If you go to the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find many resources there to help you out. There's information about one-on-one -on -one coaching, online courses, boot camps, which I run every few months, corporate workshops, and the archive of the Spy Weekly podcast. And I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. That newsletter is your chance to get free communication coaching from me every week. Okay, let's talk self-awareness. I'm going to start by briefly defining self-awareness and tell you why it's important. In other words, why, with all of the other things that I could be focusing on for 2024, why did I decide to focus on self-awareness? Then I'm going to share with you several very tactical ways that we can all improve our self-awareness. And at the end, I'm going to tell you which three things I am personally committing to to boost my own self-awareness. Of course, three things. It's always three, right? The power of three some things will never change. Okay, definitions. What is self-awareness? First of all, I wanna say that many people confuse self-awareness with consciousness. Consciousness is a more general term. 
To be conscious is simply to be aware. To be unconscious is to have no awareness. So when you're conscious, you're aware. But if you think about it, all sorts of animals can be conscious. Your dog, that squirrel that just ran across the street. But that doesn't mean that they have self-awareness. Self-awareness, what we're talking about here, is really about being conscious of our own consciousness. It's like meta-awareness. Simply put, self-awareness is recognition of yourself. It's one's own recognition of one's own being. In terms of things like emotions, triggers, reactions, and the impact of your own behaviors. This is different from self-consciousness, though. Usually people who are self-conscious are nervous. Self-consciousness is about a negative self-perception and often anxiety. Okay, did you get all that? It's not that complicated. Self-awareness is about being conscious of your self, of course. It's consciousness of your consciousness or meta-awareness. And that's different from simple awareness or from simple self-consciousness. We all have some degree of self-awareness. How would you rate yourself? As I mentioned, most people say that they have higher than average self-awareness. But research shows that only 10 to 15% of us are actually highly self-aware. As a communication coach, it's easier for me to convince myself that I'm one of those top 10%. But every now and then I get some feedback directly or more often indirectly that tells me I have some work to do. Or I see myself on a video and I think, Yowza, I have got a lot of work to do. And that's what inspired this resolution for myself, and it's also what inspired this episode. Also, based on my work, particularly over the past year, I've concluded that elevating your self-awareness is one of the areas where people can get the most traction in terms of improving their communication skills and their performance in whatever they do. And yes, this is backed by research. Self-awareness has significant positive impacts on us in several ways, including improving our confidence, our influence, our creativity, our ability to collaborate, our ability to regulate our emotions, and self-awareness decreases our stress and it makes us happier. Woo! Count me in. So let's break this down. Let's dig into the different types of self-awareness. So first of all, there's internal self-awareness, also referred to as private or introspective self-awareness. Introspective self-awareness is about being conscious of your feelings, of your emotions, of your desires, of your beliefs, and even of your own body. It's both mental and physical. It's your mental consciousness and also your bodily self-awareness, how you are feeling physically. This is about being aware of your blood pressure, your physiological stress signals, and your body language. I sometimes get the tingles when I'm in a coaching session with my clients. This is one of the ways that I experience internal self-awareness. Honestly, I love it when this happens. It often happens when I'm coaching someone on their personal brand and we end up articulating perfectly their unique superpower in a way that really resonates with them. It's so powerful. I feel the tingles like a spider running up and down my arms. It's a visceral, physical reaction. That's an extreme example of experiencing internal bodily self-awareness. 
Let me share a few other examples of internal self-awareness, though. Let's make this real. Consider, for example, what you're thinking and feeling when you notice yourself feeling anxious before an important meeting. Your brain might be shifting into imposter syndrome, and your body might be heating up, ready for fight, flight, or freeze. Noticing these things is internal self-awareness. Another example. You might notice your apprehension about a disagreement with your boss when you know you're right. Suddenly, you're conscious of your inner desire to blurt out your convictions, and you're also conscious of trying to appear in control. That is also self-awareness. Internal self-awareness is really about being conscious of what you're feeling, mentally and physically. Got it? Okay. External self-awareness. External self-awareness, on the other hand, is more public. This is about what's going on in the social context. How am I being perceived? And what impact am I having on the social dynamic? There's a phenomenon out there called the looking glass self that I often use with my clients to help them illustrate external self-awareness. So imagine you're a third party and you have a camera and you're looking down at the situation, at the players, including yourself, and you're noticing the impact that you are having on others. This is a great exercise to make external self-awareness more real. If you've ever been criticized for showing a lack of self-awareness, it's probably external or social self-awareness that was being referenced. It's about how you are perceived by others and what impact you have on the social dynamic. This is an interesting dynamic itself that I've noticed. It's this. When we evaluate our own self-awareness, we tend to focus on our internal self-awareness. But when we evaluate others' self-awareness, we focus on their external self-awareness. Interesting, right? Over the past year, a few of my clients have declared to me that they are extremely self-aware. I quickly realized that they are off the charts in terms of one type of self-awareness and lacking in another. It can be a very productive exercise for us to diagnose our relative level of internal versus external self-awareness. I've shared the story before of a client I'll call Betty. That's not her real name. Betty was a very bright and technically exceptional leader. She knew her stuff. She was high IQ, creative, and ambitious, but she was not very well liked. She told me once that she had received feedback that she was arrogant. I spoke with her manager, as I often do with my clients. I check in with one or two managers to make sure we're focusing on the right things. Anyway, her boss confirmed to me that, yes, in fact, Betty does have a reputation of being arrogant. When I brought up the topic again with Betty, she argued with me and she justified herself, telling me, and I quote, I am not arrogant. I am very self-aware. Hmm. My diagnosis is that Betty is very high on internal self-awareness. She thinks about what she thinks about a lot, but she's low on external self-awareness. She focuses less on her impact on the social dynamic. I shared this idea with Betty, this diagnosis, and she wholeheartedly agreed. People like Betty with low external self-awareness might come across as arrogant, or maybe awkward. People with low external self-awareness often have people whispering things like, does she even know how she sounds? Is this you? If not, ask yourself whether you might have high external self-awareness and low internal self-awareness. This was the case with one of my other clients recently. He told me that he is the youngest of many siblings. I don't remember how many siblings exactly, but lots, like eight or something. And as the baby of his family, he always felt like an observer of all the dynamics. Remember the looking glass self? He was very focused on how he fit into this crazy big family. He ended up being off the charts for external self-awareness. 
However, as he confided to me, his internal self-awareness is lacking. I'd been running him and his team through a personal branding workshop where we were focusing on our professional identity. And that's when he had this epiphany. He had never taken the time to think about his own identity and he was very outwardly focused. He has a lot of work to do with his internal self-awareness. If you met this guy, you would never guess. Actually, I was kind of excited for him. Like, imagine you have this awareness about yourself that you can open up all sorts of opportunity and advantage for you. So, now I encourage you to ask yourself, where can you get the most traction? Is it with internal or external self-awareness? Personally, I'm focusing on both. I can see opportunity for improvement in both internal and external self-awareness, maybe slightly more in external. So, now what? Well, I've got several specific tasks or tactics or things that I can suggest to boost our self-awareness. I'm going to share these suggestions with you now, and then I'm going to reveal which three I'm going to personally work on in 2024. For internal self-awareness, the general advice for you is to be curious and focused on what you're thinking and feeling. A great place to start with this is journaling. If you've never journaled before, it's no big deal. Grab a piece of paper or a fancy new journal, whatever you like, and just start writing. Write about what you're grateful for, what inspires you, and what stresses you out. Sometimes writing the words can make it real. When you're living your life, working, and interacting with others, you can boost your self-awareness by focusing on and eliminating distractions. Be more focused, less multitasking, one thing at a time. Turn off your phone. Focus. Listen to what others are saying, of course, but also Listen to what's going on in your own mind. Here's another suggestion. Be mindful of your goals or your objective. Here's a tactic that I know has helped many of my clients. Before every meeting, write down a business objective and a personal communication objective. Maybe write them on your notebook or on the agenda. Then during the meeting, be mindful of your communication objective. It could be a meta objective, like being more empathetic, or maybe it's demonstrating leadership or appearing more confident, or it might be an immediate term objective, like when you're meeting with a client and your objective is to demonstrate your responsiveness to their concerns. This is about being mindful. What is your communication goal here? I love that tactic. Okay, here's another one. Focus on your words. Three ways that you can do this. The first, pause, as in pause for a moment before any words come out of your mouth. That's a great one, especially when things are heated. I've been using this one and I have to tell you, it does work. I've never regretted pausing. My best parenting moments happen to be when I paused. Hmm. The second way to focus on your words is to consider the valence of your verbal and your personal self-talk. Is it positive, neutral, or negative? And why is that? Be curious, be aware, and then make a shift if need be, perhaps to more positive verbal or internal self-talk. The third suggestion in terms of your words is to focus on a mantra. If you've listened to the Talk About Talk episodes focusing on confidence, you've probably heard me talk about mantras. Mantras focus your mind. So maybe come up with a sentence or a phrase that focuses your mind on what you want to focus on. So those are my suggestions for increasing your internal awareness in terms of your mental focus. You could start journaling, writing down your thoughts. You could eliminate distractions and focus. You could create a specific communication-focused goal or objective for every meeting and major interaction. You could also focus on your words. 
by pausing your words, by considering the valence of your words, and by reciting the words of a mantra to focus your thoughts. Okay, now, what about physically and your bodily self-awareness? The obvious tactic here is to take note of your physical state, of your breathing, of your body temperature, of your body language. This is like when I told you about I get the tingles when my clients have epiphanies, especially with regards to their personal brand. That's a visceral, physical reaction. Your physical reaction to your environment can be positive or negative. As the dancer Martha Graham says, the body never lies. A simple way to check in with your physical state is to run through the three-point body language scan. The three points are your posture, your hands, and your eyes. Check in with all three of these things. Are you sitting or standing up straight or are you slouching? Why? Are you expansive or are you making yourself small? Are your hands hidden or are you using them to communicate? Are you using jerky movements or slow, purposeful movements? And as for the eyes, of course, it's all about eye contact. Are your eyes shifting around or are you focusing on who's talking? There's a lot more to it than this, which you can learn in episode 96. In the meantime, though, when you are aware of your body language, which I hope is more often than not, just think about the three-point body language scan. Okay, moving on to external self-awareness. When it comes to social or external self-awareness, I have four suggestions for you here. The first is just generally being empathetic. Scanning the room, as they say. Scanning others for how you are impacting them. Being other-oriented. Tuning into others. Watching their body language, especially in their interactions with you. How are they responding to you? Okay, the second one is listening. So tracking the ratio of how much you're talking versus others. And listening in a truly collaborative way. And the third is asking for feedback. This is a great way to improve your communication and your self-awareness. As my friend Sharon Majin says, feedback is a gift. So ask the people with whom you interact for feedback on how you can improve your communication. My last suggestion for how to improve your external self-awareness is to put that whole looking glass self idea into action. Record and then watch yourself as an interested observer. My clients who have done this all rapidly accelerate their communication skill development. More than just about any other exercise. Why is this? Because you're looking at yourself as a third party. You can see yourself in action and you see what others see. So those are my four suggestions for improving your external self-awareness. One, focus on being empathetic. Two, listen keenly. Three, ask for feedback. And four, record and observe yourself. And that is it for the suggestions that I have for you. Here's my challenge to myself and to you, if you so choose. Diagnose yourself in terms of your self-awareness, both your internal self-awareness and your external self-awareness. Personally, as I said, I know that I need to work on both. What about you? Then, once you've diagnosed yourself, identify three goals for yourself to improve your self-awareness and ultimately to improve your communication. Personally, I'm going to do these three things. Yes, of course three. And I'm conscious of the fact that I'm committing to this publicly on this podcast. 
The research shows that therefore I'm more likely to be successful. So I'm publicly committing to these three things. One, writing down my communication goal for every meeting or significant interaction to get me thinking at a meta level. Two, seeking more feedback personally and professionally. And three, recording myself on video and then watching myself. Whether it's a LinkedIn Live or an in-person workshop, I'm committed to recording and watching more of myself. Yes, these are the things that I recommend to my clients all the time, and I know they work. So, what three things are you gonna try? If you need a summary of these options, the transcript for this episode is in the show notes. You can find it at talkabouttalk.com. There are also links in the show notes to several other podcast episodes that will supplement this one. So, what did you think about this episode? Are you inspired? What are your communication goals for 2024? I would love to hear. Please leave me a voice message on the talkabouttalk.com website or message me on LinkedIn, whatever's easier for you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please share this episode with a friend who might also find it helpful. I hope you have a fantastic 2024 and I hope to talk soon. Bye.